Welcome in to another episode of the West Life Podcast. I am your host, Josh Barnett. Please give us a follow at West Life Pod on Instagram and, and Instagram and Twitter. Sorry, the music was a little bit too loud, but um, you can tell it's the off season. Uh, on our Instagram and Twitter, you will find our Linktree links, which will uh, direct you to everything we do, including all the uh, the uh, pipes of the podcast itself, our YouTube channel. Shouts to, well, so many people tuning in late on a Wednesday night in the off-season. We can, can see you all rolling in already, so we uh, appreciate use all. And we really want to get the YouTube subscribers up. So even if you don't, you prefer to listen to us on the, uh, the audio version, please just, I don't know, create an account, create two accounts and uh, subscribe to us with them all. So, um, yeah, head to... Westlife Pod on YouTube, please. Yeah, try and get um, the numbers up on there. We'll, yeah, looking into the next year, we'll try and do some more fun, um, fun sort of stuff. Yeah, as we dedicate more time to the show and get better and learn, and um, yeah, which will be year what nineteen twenty one two three four will be. Let me do the math here. Nineteen twenty twenty one twenty two. 23. It'll be a sixth year of, of me doing the podcast, and I think the fourth for the boys, maybe third. But um, yeah. But anyway, thanks everyone tuning in on yeah another week. I mean, uh, it's the off season, and the players are on holidays. I know my guy Sean Bloor's literally riding uh, Splash Mountain or whatever it's called at Disney World and living it up over in Florida. Meanwhile, the uh, the West Tigers. The past week, the news keeps rolling in, and luckily this week, the the biggest news stories kind of happened today. Thankfully, they seem to always happen the day after we do the show. But thank, thank, thankfully, they've given us some uh, good content tonight. So let's start with uh, Mr. Thompson. How are you on this Wednesday evening? Yeah, g'day, Josh. Just been trying to stay cool in this massive heatwave we've had this last week. Um, but yeah, you're not wrong. There's never a uh, there's never a dull day, never a quiet day as a West Tigers fan. Absolutely not. And coming in from the red room, Mr. Bashara. Uh, I think a lot of people, when the news one or one aspect of the news broke this afternoon, I think a lot of people were, um, yeah, ready to hear what you thought of that. Rob, and I know you're pretty active on uh, on Twitter, but um, yeah, how are you feeling this evening? I, I know when we're chatting on our uh, our group chat that um, yeah, you were pretty pretty fired up, but yeah, how how are you feeling yeah, at this g'day point, boys? G'day everyone. Um, I, I don't know how to say how I felt. I was visiting my mum sitting in the comfort of a nice air-conditioned lounge room and I absolutely blew a gasket when I got that news about five o'clock this afternoon. I just, you know, mum tried to calm calm me down. I just, I was just in a different world. She'd be talking to me. I was just zoned out. I was just like, how can this happen again? We're we're obviously going to get into it. I've calmed down a bit now, but it's just absolutely ridiculous. And uh, I'm absolutely looking forward to tearing shreds out of anyone to do with the West Tigers tonight because they are an absolute embarrassment. Uh, yep, definitely. Um, one one aspect. So literally the day after, I think, last week, uh, we mentioned at the end of last 
week's episode, if you did tune in, that something big was going to drop. We knew this um, external review was happening. Uh, uh, we've been to- told already that, yeah, that was news was going to drop, but um, yeah, kept it kept a tight lid on it. And, of course, the next day it all un- unraveled and hit the media and that sort of thing that the West Tigers are getting an external review. So basically an external company is going to, yeah, speak to Rob. I'll, I'll let you, you you've kind of done uh, plenty of research and digging around and that sort of thing into what actually happens in this sort of thing. So what can you tell us about this uh, external review that's happening on the club? Okay. So everyone should be fully aware by now that the club or West Ashfield, I should say, or Bar- Holman Barnes Group, received a number of submissions um, over the last couple of months. Uh, the most uh, prevalent one was the one organised by the other podcast, West Tigers Podcast, that uh, got 2,100 signatures. Uh, so the, they actually made a point of noting that in the media specifically because they had 2,100 signatures. We also lodged a letter um, on our behalf indicating that we'd like a member appointed... Uh, a member voted board member. Okay, so so at least we've got a little bit of a say as fans, which was sub, uh, submitted to the board. They kindly replied. They said they take everything on board, but basically everything was going to be conducted in an internal review. So the internal review, they actually got, the two men, Gary and Tony, actually got commissioned with the papers on Monday. Uh, to my absolute shock and surprise, I got a phone call from Gary, uh, one of the guys running the, uh, review on Monday, and he said, uh, I'd like to come and speak to you. Uh, and I said, yeah, sure. When do you want to meet? And he said, well, you know, when are you free? And I said, mate, I'll make I'll make time whenever you want. So we met yesterday. Uh, he actually came to my place. We spoke for about two and a half hours. Um, as you'd all be aware, I'm not allowed to go into detail of of the, the specifics of what was said, but you can imagine what it was about. He basically had, had a specific questionnaire um, He's not only going to supporters, he's going to past players, current players, current officials, employees, ex-employees. I know they said tonight that they're approaching the media. He never mentioned that to me, but they are actually approaching other officials from other clubs just to get the perception of how we look from the outside. Uh, as I said, we spent two and a half hours. He's an absolute gentleman. His heart's in the right place. I know. I know he means... Uh, you know, very well by it, and he wants he wants this to be successful, and he wants something to come out of it. Uh, and I, when he left yesterday, I was just absolutely over the moon. I, he, he mentioned that he had about uh, they had fifty to sixty people to meet uh, between Tony and himself, uh, and that they'd be doing that over the next three to four weeks. And hopefully, they'd like to put a time frame of about three months. But as I said to him, and he agreed, and this isn't like you know confidential or anything i just said just get it right it doesn't matter about the timing just we've got to get it right we've got to get the right submission in but at the end of the day even if they do their job guys the submission even if they're a spot on even if gary and tony absolutely nail it i mean how do we know holman barnes are going to take the recommendations on board given what we've seen today and you'll get on to hadjapentelis later so um i was actually i actually asked him how why he contacted me and he said something about you know we you know i've got one of the biggest social followings in terms of west tigers stuff i thought it was via the podcast but he had some other avenue that he found me uh he was going to approach the guys from the other podcast as well uh he's probably done that today or tomorrow 
Uh, and I noticed on 360, Ben Elias has already been spoken to. So, so they're, they're being quite active already. And I knew when he left here, he was going to another appointment. So I'm happy that it's all happening. But given what's happened today, how, how can we trust that, you know, this, is, this process is going to be given the respect it deserves? Because I'd love to know how both Gary and Tony are feeling today, given mm. that, you know, the chairman's been reappointed and, and I, I won't go too much further into that. When we get into it, we'll get into it. But yeah, it just, I went from being on a high thinking, wow, we've not, not only did I answer his questions, I'd taken the liberty of asking a lot of our Patreon members uh, their thoughts. And as I told them, I literally read every word of every submission that they had. And he was, he was making copious notes and, and, you know, every time there was a really good point, he'd write it down. But obviously there are a lot of common themes but there are also some really good points that everyone contributed. Uh, Aaron, Aaron was one of those guys as well. So, um, you know, I, at least he didn't just get my opinion. He got a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a sample size of, of what we all had to say. And it was, I, it, I just felt really encouraged by the whole process. And I thought, wow, if they're going to go through this detail with all these other people they're speaking to, then this is a really good thing. And then, you know, the air went out of the balloon for me between 4.30 and 5 o'clock today. And it has nothing to do with that review, but it's just it's just like, how, how do you reappoint someone when a review is being conducted? It's just absolutely ridiculous. I, I'm not going to swear tonight. I'm not going to swear, but I'm going to unleash. Yeah. Yeah, you did. You uh, In our Patreon Discord, you did. You got the guys and girls in there to, yeah, chuck out, ch chuck in a rant that you did pass on. Um, as you said, as you were one of those as well. And I mean, the whole thing, uh, a big thing that a lot of all West Tigers fans and members are asking for is kind of having a voice on what goes on in the club. So, I mean, we've obviously got this podcast. So without tuning our horn too much, we do have a slight, um, a slightly bigger uh, voice than the average fan, but at least, yeah, Rob submitting uh, a few of our rants and thoughts and that sort of thing to this review, it's nice to have something, something going towards it all. Yeah, for sure. Um, I personally am really grateful to Rob for stepping up and being that voice um, for this review that we all want and we all need um, and for giving us the opportunity in the Discord to uh, voice our opinions as well. Like Rob said, there were a lot of um, repeated messages, but like I've said to you guys privately, I feel like the ones that are repeated the most um, are the ones that have the most of, I guess, a, an impact on the supporter base and everyone involved in the club. Like one one of the things that we said was like the conflict of interest um, regarding him being the CEO of our major sponsor that also sponsors two other clubs as well, I believe. Um, and then being the chairperson of our board, that was echoed again today by Benny Elias. So there are obviously a lot of issues that we as fans and supporters have that um, other people that have involvement in the club in whatever way they do, do as well. So yeah, really grateful to Rob for being that voice for the rest of us. And can I just, can I just say, guys, and like we just got to be really fair about this and honest about it. I never signed the petition for the, uh, you know, for the protest because I've signed so many petitions since probably 18 months after Pasco was employed as CEO and nothing's ever come of them. 
So I've literally signed six or seven of them, you know, remove mm. PASCO, get 10,000 signatures, et cetera, et cetera. It's never worked. So I actually just want to give credit to the guys from the other, other podcasts for believing in something that might work. Look, whether it actually works or not, we don't know. I mean, I, after what's happened today, I'm a little bit sceptical. But what I do know is, uh, I don't know Tony, but I know Gary, Gary Barnier. Gary really cares. Um, he doesn't care what he thinks. He cares what we all think. And he, he he's going to go through this process with everyone and do it, go about it the right way. It's just a matter of whether our club takes you know, the, the common themes on board because, you know, given what's happened today, I, I, I have lost a little bit of faith in in what the final outcomes will be. But, yeah, I just thought I'd better, you know, we're, we're not the instigators of the of the petition. Um, you know, it's the other blokes that did it. And I and I scoffed at it because I just thought, well, these petitions never work. And, you know, and given that they organised it and I was basically the first call off the, uh, from Gary, I was kind of flattered with that. So, yeah, full credit to them, and uh, I, I just hope we get somewhere with it because you know we've had our differences. You know, we've, we've I've, I've had differences with one of those guys on the podcast, and at the end of the day, I think those differences are, are brought about by the frustrations we have, both of us, about the club and how things should change and how things should be different, and and they kind of towed the party line a lot of the times, and they've changed their tune the last six months to what we've been for about two and a half years. So, you know, good on them, and I, I just hope you know that the rest of the people who get interviewed do share our sentiments and that way the club will get an absolutely strong message about all the protagonists within the club that we think are doing the wrong thing, you know, and it's just not about their actions. It's about how we're perceived as a club. It's about our culture. It's about, you know, the little things, you know, like the mistakes we saw on social media last night with the women's awards, which, you know, Aaron will probably get into as well. There's just, it, it just starts from the top and we've got to set a standard from the top that runs right down through the club. And it's got to be a standard of excellence, not mediocrity. So um, yeah, anyway, well done to them. And, and I, again, if, you know, Gary's probably not listening, but I, I, I thank him for, you know, making the whole uh, process very easy for me. Uh, one outlet that does make the processes easy. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was a nice um segue set up there rob thanks thanks for that so mobile corp they support local businesses by managing their it their networks and their mobile devices if you are a local business owner looking for a partner who will take away the hassle of dealing with it issues make sure you have cybersecurity in place handle all your mobile device needs then mobile corp can help mobile corp is a family-run business and long-time supporter of the west tigers reach out to our mate steven and the team at mobile corp or check out mobile corp.com.au that's mobile corp.com.au uh have to yeah have to speak to steven i'll be he's pissed off about the uh the news this afternoon as well oh, yeah. uh we'll go th- we'll go through man there's like i said there's so much happened the last seven days since we were last on air so much has happened so literally tonight is a whole news show i know we we're talking about jersey we're going to do a fun jersey um uh yeah as and i we're going to make our list of our favorite jerseys to talk about but um we'll save that for i don't know maybe there will maybe we'll get a week of no news in the west tigers and um we will do a fun episode but it's just literally so much like i can't believe how much has happened in the past week, the silly season, as they call it. So uh, one of those is Alex Twoll may have played his last game for the West Tigers. He's been linked to uh, the Bulldogs in a possible player swap. 
Uh, I think I saw as well, maybe the UK Super League or something. But Rob, do you have any word or, yeah, what, what are you hearing on this one? I've read two different things. I've read not so much a player swap from Canterbury. I believe Canterbury were interested in Alex Twole, but Manly are interested in doing a player swap with the West Tigers, and it's believed to be Sean Kepi. So whether that's true or not, that's that's the story going around. Uh, look, Alex is obviously a, a club favourite, but I guess it's got to come down again to price and, and culture and who you want to keep and who you don't want to keep. Alex has been you know, part of a losing culture for quite a while. It's not not his fault in the least. He's got a one of the highest uh, defensive, you know, tackling efficiency rates in the league. But at the end of the day, how much do you pay for someone that isn't a starter? Because basically our starters right now are, are David Clemmer and uh, Big Steph as props. So how much are you paying a bench player? And I, and I guess he's falling into that bracket that the club put Joe off Angawi in. So... Um, but they have said he's he's welcome to stay, but it's it's literally a chance for Alex to explore his options and see if he can get a longer term deal or more money elsewhere. That that's how I've uh, you know read all the information on it. As you and I, one of our well, there were many good moments this year, but you and I high fiving after Tolly's first NRL try this year to be uh, a sentimental. Yeah, like Rob said, he's one of the club favourites. So to see Twally go would be a sad thing. Yeah, he um he became a bit of a cult hero in his own right, I, I reckon. And um a lot of the supporter base got behind him. Um he's made, in my opinion, drastic improvements to his game over the last few seasons, uh, particularly in the attacking side. Um, everyone would probably agree that he didn't really have much of an offload game or anything like that. And really the only thing that he brought to the team in his early time in the club was basically uh, basically being a, a wall in defence. But I feel like he's come a long way, especially in the, these last two seasons. It's ironic, though. We've seen probably his biggest improvements in the seasons that we got the wooden spoons. So I'd be extremely disappointed to see him go, but I, I get that it's probably um, like a, a money thing. Um, it's it would it's even more disappointing considering literally last week I said that he was probably my pick for um most well I did pick him as my most improved forward mm. for the year so um yeah I'd be disappointed to see him go but if he can get a starting gig somewhere else he he deserves that um the Lebanese love god as we used to like to call him <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was Rob Bashara anyway uh, <laughs> speaking of um yeah another. Uh, Lebanese legend Michael Checker, the club is possibly looking at him for the head of football job. Uh, also, Mark O'Neill, although I think Buckets, he did knock it back. Has that been confirmed that he knocked it back? Or I don't believe so, Josh. I don't. I think he's just biding his time or making a decision mm. later on. I, I don't think he's said no or yes or no yet. Mm. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Michael? Checker going after a predominantly... He did work with the Roosters, so I mean, it, if you've worked with the Roosters, then you've seen what a, a well-run club has looked like, so I mean, a lot of people saying why would you go after a rugby union person, but they could also be an advantage too, because there's plenty um, plenty of talent in rugby. Look at uh, Warbrick and uh, Angus Crichton, like there's plenty of rah-rah guys you could convert into rugby league. Um, not that, I mean, the Storm did that, not the West Tigers. Have we ever converted a rugby union player? I can't even 
trying to think at the top of my head uh, is the West Tigers. We've, we've, we've lost got one, players. We've got one now in Tristan Riley. <laughs> yeah, we had Lottie Takiri, uh come back. Um, he was the yeah, Tristan, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it doesn't really count. But what, what are your thoughts on Michael Checker, Rob? Look, um, as you said, the only, and it's only a minor reservation. The only reservation is his forte is rugby union. Okay, so like that's his. I know he's coached rugby league as well prior to coaching the Lebanese team. Uh, I got a lot of feedback uh, last year on his time with the Lebanese World Cup team, and it was absolutely glowing and positive, and and the way he spoke to people and the way he inspired them, and um, you know, you, if anyone who watched three hundred and sixty today, they kind of said the same stuff. You know, he, he's got a presence when he comes into the room. Uh, I know I've actually got a cousin who's worked with him uh, while she was working in rugby union, and she says like he's just one of the great men. So I, I don't know if that actual role suits him, but what this club needs and what this club doesn't do enough of is get good people in the organisation, even if they're not 100% qualified. So apparently he's waiting till after this World Cup rugby union stuff ends uh, before they talk a bit mm. further. But, um, yeah, it, it sounds like everyone loves him. Uh, but, yeah, he'd probably have a little bit more of a, a mentoring role, not only with the players, but with Benji and... Yeah, there's a real there's a real calmness and strength about the way he goes about things, and obviously, you know, he's he's coached our our national side, but he he kind of he kind of got embroiled in stuff, you know, in the controversies of you know Israel Folau and stuff like that, which kind of didn't really help with the success of the national rugby rugby team. But uh, look, any good person that can come to our organisation that can contribute and make us a better club is welcome. But like I say, my my minor reservation is rugby union background and, and this is like a director of football role so it'd be interesting to see how that all pans out as do you reckon yeah does that put you off a little bit the rugby union factor um i can't really say it does or doesn't honestly i don't really know too much about michael checker um to really have an opinion so like my thought on it on the topic as a whole at this point is basically if someone's going to be good for the job then we can't possibly um, get much worse than what we've got now. So if if he's qualified, um, I don't know, like if the difference between rugby union and league is extremely high, I guess, in or large in, in like running a club or whatever the, the role would be. But um, if, he, if he has experience and is qualified, then I think potentially might be worth giving a shot. Yep, yep. Uh, all good points there. Uh, so Molly, he had a weird story out the other day talking about the the West Tigers apparently have met to, I believe it was the West Tigers board, were coming up with ideas on how to improve the club and everything next year. And he's listed a few things that apparently came up. So apparently the gear steward next year will travel to away games half a day early to set everything up for the players. Uh, players will no longer be required to carry their bags on away trips and the players will be allowed to have beer after games in the sheds. So uh, as I don't, I don't know, this seems like satire, this article, it seems like something the Batuta advocate or something 
would write, but um, I am surprised that the players do carry. And people are like, oh, they can't carry their own bags. I mean, you want them to conserve energy and they're elite athletes and that sort of thing. But um, it's a weird one. I'm honestly not reading too much into this. Um, everyone knows that Molly has always been good mates with Tim Sheens. I honestly just think this is an article designed to take a like a, it might it might even be a joke article designed to just make a make a mockery of the club even more than they already have been. Um, yeah, I mean, if it's true, then I mean the club's got to find some something different. But I don't know. I'd I'd potentially start with uh, getting rid of the board and the person running it. But uh, that's just my <laughs> my thoughts on the on the topic there. Yeah, it's um. I wonder if they're gonna how. So what are they gonna do? Are they gonna hire extra staff to carry bags? Like how would? What are they gonna do there? They're gonna who? I volunteer to be a profession? bag carrier. I shotgun Sean Blaw's bag. Don't touch it. That's mine. <laughs> don't worry, Rob, I'll any... take care of dreams then. <laughs> uh, Rob, any thoughts on this? Oh, look, I think it's a little bit of a piss take, but look, anything that can, you know, help the preparation of the players and and make us yeah. at least seem like a more professional club. I'm all for I'm not buying into your argument, Josh, that, you know, it's going to make them less tired. They bloody run out and do half an hour of sprints and tackling and whatever before the game. So I don't think carrying yeah. a bag, bag from the car to the to the dressing room or, or from the bus to the dressing room is going to make uh, a difference. But, and the, you through, know, through the airport and stuff. Yeah, okay. I, I, I don't know. Anyway, like like I say, that's these these are the minor things, but it, it's actually, if it's true, it's actually good that the club is trying to get some of these little mm. minor things right because there is no attention to detail at our club. So, or, you mm. know, let me rephrase that. It seems like there's no attention to detail at our club. So if they're putting yeah. a little bit more focus and emphasis on getting it right for match day, for away games, I'm all for it. Even for home games, obviously, too. Actually, we'll speak to we'll speak about attention to detail uh, in another story that would um, that would well the here next it is. one main, main here it is why I, the main reason why I think that whole article is a joke is because of the way um, uh, Molly's written it Molly yeah the way he's mm. written it like the way he talks it's not very a lot of sarcasm and, um, mm. yeah basically yeah um, yeah you, you definitely got a point there as well so as the NRLW uh, player awards nights, uh, player award, player awards night happened on when was it Tuesday evening? Yesterday. Yeah, which is yesterday. Today is Wednesday. <laughs> I've lost track of what day it is. It was last <laughs> night. Um, what can you tell us about about the uh, the night? As you weren't there, obviously, but you were following it closely. You were messaging, it, giving us updates as everything was coming through. Um, well, first of all, just like the men's awards night, I had no idea it was even on um, last night. There there was no communication or anything from the club, even to members saying, hey, our awards night is tonight. And I feel like that may be because we no longer have the ability to, uh, as members, to vote for our like our members player of the year. And I, I was reminded of that today when I saw Parramatta's uh, blue and gold, mem- uh, blue and gold army award winner, whatever it was called for the women. So that's a little bit disappointing, but yeah, um, basically uh, they had awards given out for all of the female grades. So all the way up from Lisa Fiola through Tasha Gale to the New South Wales Harvey Norman women's premiership up into NRLW and a lot of familiar names there, particularly in the last two grades that I mentioned were awarded uh, young Jay Partu, who debuted, I believe in round eight 
against the Broncos, won Tasha Gale Cup Player of the Year. So that's awesome for her. Uh, Christian Pio, one of our starting front rowers this year, won the New South Wales Comp Player of the Year. And Ebony Pryor, the pocket rocket, got the play, Players Player for that competition. Uh, Eliza Cialata was the NRLW Rookie of the Year, uh, one of the few players who played all nine games for us this season. So I think that's an incredible achievement considering we were battered by injuries for the whole season. And Sarah Togatuki, uh, despite being suspended for two rounds or suspended for a round and then missing the final round, took out both the Player of the Year and the Players Player. Um, and she spoke today to Chris, I believe it was, in a short chat after the awards night last night, um, she's more proud to be the player's player because, in her words, that means the players, like the players she played alongside, want her in in their team. So I think that's a glowing endorsement from the women, and congratulations to all the award winners, particularly Sarah and Eliza, uh, for their awards in our inaugural NRLW team. Yeah, hey here. Um, I mentioned attention to details. I'll Look, I don't want to harp on it for too long, but if, you, if anyone was following us on Twitter last night, I retweeted um, a pretty funny, as you actually brought my attention to it, the tweet for uh, Women of the Year, and they wrote uh, that her... Do you remember what it said, As without me having to bring it up? It was basically... It uh, went on note. Yeah, you you her, went yeah, her contribution her contribution to the club uh won't well hang on, no. It went unnoticed. Went, went, yeah, went, went unnoticed. unnoticed. Yeah, went yeah. unnoticed. <laughs> Where obviously they meant to write it did not go unnoticed. Correct. Was, was obviously what they were trying yeah. to trying to say, which they fixed up later on, but it's a good old edit feature for verified accounts on Twitter now. Yeah, yeah, I have that. Luckily uh paid for that this year for the Westlife account I'll as well. It's actually very uh very handy you get half half an hour to fix your fuck ups um which with me happens a lot which why i won't don't want to preach too hard but the west tigers social media we've talked about it this year as someone who is a bit of a grammar nazi sort of thing but it's kind of the industry i've worked in it's been drilled into me and that sort of thing to get the way you write things correctly. And I know it's Twitter, people might say it's only Twitter or whatever, but the for a professional organization like the West Tigers is, all jokes aside, it's a professional rugby league side. Um, the the spelling and grammar on the social media and the, I mean, also the captions on and stuff. I know the team's been rubbish this year, but just, also uninspiring sort of captions on the Instagram and that sort of thing. But this, the basic spelling errors and grammatical errors on our socials this year, when I say our, I mean the West Tigers socials, not our. I mean... Well, we're West Tigers. I, yeah, our as in our team's socials, but we don't run them. Um, I don't know. Just like the lack of commas. I mean, is, is there no comma on the keyboard that they're typing on? Because... I know um, shouts to Ben, one of our Patreon members. We kind of have a laugh, um, a running joke that uh, there was a tweet that said Sunday, uh, Sunday Bo will return, but there was no comma. So, uh, <laughs> so, so Ben, 
Ben and I always refer to Bo now as Sunday Bo. She's Sunday Bo because it should have been Sunday, comma, Bo will return. And I know it sounds like a very nerd, nerdy sort of shit, but again, as a professional, prof- like a professional sporting organization, please, like, it irks me. Like, of all the, like, of all the things that are embarrassing about this club at the moment, it's probably down on the list, but. Like you said, Rob, with the last story, there's little things getting right. Like, this is another thing that, I mean, They're I haven't checked the other. Josh. They're all 1%. Yeah. Just and, the simple and, commas yeah, and that sort of thing. And it yeah. makes you look professional. Like, it looks like a professional organisation. Even if you get belted 50 to nil, if it's all put, you know, on the screen properly. But look, in their defence too, I mean, I see Fox Sports News and, and Channel 9 News spelling errors and wrong score lines and yeah. wrong, wrong teams put up. So it happens everywhere, yeah, I know. Yeah. But I'm, I'm just saying it happens everywhere. It's it's, it's far too frequent. And, mm. yeah, I'm like you. I'm a, I'm a spelling and grammar Nazi. But, you know, I, I think half the population don't care about that stuff. So They don't. Yeah. But but plenty, like, it's just well, it makes it's all, it easier to all read, about the appearance. It? it makes it easier to read. It does. Properly. And people, like, I am one of those annoying... Yeah, grammar Nazis, as you said, Rob, and people were like, oh, it doesn't really matter. Like, I guess not on on your personal account. It doesn't really, um, when you get your theirs and theirs wrongs and your wheres and your wheres and all that sort of shit. It do, but it does give the perception, I don't know, in my mind, it gives me the perception that, like, this lack of professionalism and... Um, education there so i mean it's literally your job to run the social media whoever that is i don't know um specifically who was doing it last night but please like use the comma button <laughs> like i, t- I tell you what though, josh I, t- I tell you what though no one's immune to it i remember uh watching monday night um nfl last week so on tuesday uh, mm. Patrick Mahomes live tweeted during that game about the Aaron Rodgers injury when he went down. Um, and he missed a comma in saying, hate, hate that man. Uh, and he got absolutely reamed in, in his comments <laughs> about it, that he had to, <laughs> that he had, that he had to add it, um, add a comma in an edit. And then, um, yeah. thanks, uh, uh, reported that um, he's grateful that there's a, that there's an edit button. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the big saying, the one I like with that sort of thing is let's eat grandpa instead of let's <laughs> eat comma grandpa. Like in a, commas, commas can save lives. So Punctuation um, is important. Yeah. Uh, right. Back to the NRLW girls. So obviously this season wrapped up last Thursday night as you headed out to Leichhardt Oval to watch the girls. They finished the season in eighth spot. What are we? Eight points out of the eight. But man, so many... What was there? Five games where we lost with because of a try in the last five minutes. Like it was, it's not like the um, the girls, a lot of injuries. They but they fought hard and um, built on something for next year. Yeah, that's exactly what I said on Twitter that night um, towards the end of the game. Uh, there's there's a really so- strong chance that if if not for all the injuries we copped, we're a top four team, or at the very least, bordering on being a top four team. Um, I had a kind. I had kind of a feeling that to make the top four, you'd need to finish with a record of around that six and three mark. So, even when we were two and zero, it was always going to take a bit of work. And yeah, we just fell apart a little bit with the injuries there. But um, I'm proud of the girls' efforts this season. Obviously, like I said, uh, pre-season there were always going to be some growing pains, and 
some time for the girls to adjust. And uh, with such a young squad, with all the injuries we had, um, it was going to be very hard to keep up with the top teams. But in saying that, uh, losing a lot of players against teams like the Broncos, against the Titans, um, the Raiders as well, when we had players go down, the Cowboys, we weren't, we were, I don't think we had our best 17 um, out there for more than two games because we had Lozana Lutu, Missed everything from round three onward, and she'd definitely be in our best 17. Uh, other players here and there that missed time with injury, um, Emily Curtin, for example. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of the girls. I think there's a lot to build on for next year. Uh, keep the bulk of the squad together. If I remember rightly, there's, I think, maybe 11 players off contract um, who can be negotiated with for new clubs uh, as of like now for next next season. Um, I agree with Benjamin Angus in the YouTube comments there. Ja'Kaya Whitfield must be signed up immediately. Mm. She has been an absolute revelation for the Oh, girls. that tackle. That chase down tackle was oh. unbelievable. I, I, I was literally like watching um, Wally Coyote in the Roadrunner. She just, she <laughs> caught, she was so fast that she got to the 10 meter line and was waiting for her to tackle her. Like I've never yep. seen that in a rugby league game before. That was unbelievable. And had to run probably about an extra 20 metres in the process because of, you know, the whole Pythagoras thing coming from one end of the field going basically to the opposite corner. Um, not only that, but what about that run in the first half where she broke, I think, like six or seven tackles before they finally brought her down on the 10-metre line um, and then we score a try, a play or two after that. Like, like that was another massively impressive um, play there for her. Um, yeah, Jakaya, she's absolutely sensational. The bulk of our squad is signed for next year, so continuity with the squad will be good. Um, hopefully for a lot of the girls who missed some time this year, like uh, Lozana, like mm. Bo, who uh, had injuries here and there throughout the season, Sunday, plus Bo. another concussion. Yeah, hopefully. Test to the well. finger she in the preseason. Yeah, mm. she lost out on a lot of time, game time there. Hopefully all those girls can have a really, really good season in the Harvey Norman uh, women's competition next year if they still have that as like a, a pre-NRLW thing. I hear they're talking about making it a, a reserve grade competition sort of thing for the NRLW. Mm. I hope they don't do that yet uh, because I don't think the player talent is there for that many teams to have like a reserve grade mm. um, system in place but yeah with all if all those girls can get some more game time get a bit more confidence in the legs prior to next year's nrlw i think we could be in a really really good place to challenge for the top four plus i assume it's a bit of income like they wouldn't obviously get the same amount of cash as the nrlw but they would some the players the top players in the nrl uh the sorry the harvey norman new south wales comp would get some sort of payments, wouldn't they? Oh, yeah, they'd have to. I don't know what the salary cap would be for that. I know the NRL salary cap is gradually increasing. Oh, sorry, NRLW salary cap is increasing gradually over the next few seasons. That was a part of the um, hmm. early terms of the CBA that had to be ironed out before the NRLW contracting period started because there was a there was a, a delay there with the, like the whole the draw not being released, um, players not being able to negotiate with teams because they really wanted to be able to do multi-year deals and like all of that became a part of it. So uh, yeah, really, really good to see that that eventually, um, they eventually were able to do that um, and get that sorted. And the fact that the um, the salary cap is slowly increasing, which will help 
players, particularly your marquee players, your um, your top signings, be able to hopefully not have to work multiple jobs to be able to support themselves while they play footy semi-pro. I'd like it to get to a point where a longer season um, at the moment with the same amount of teams means the girls could focus a lot more on their footy, not have mm. to worry about other jobs to make ends meet. Um, and yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see the girls be able to go basically full-time or a lot closer to it than basically the, sem- the semi-pro they're at now. Here, here. Anything to add, Rob, on the uh, NRLW season? I thought it was a great first season. I, I don't think our position on the ladder uh, was indicative of, of what a good squad we've got and how well we played. Um, I'd love that squad to be the, the same next year. Uh, there wasn't a game that we really weren't in it. Uh, unfortunately, as we've mentioned in, in previous episodes, we lost a few games with, you know, drop balls on on late, uh, late, you know, three minutes left in the game, et cetera, et cetera. And, and like I said, there wasn't – the one game I thought we would absolutely get smashed was last week because we had so many players missing, and yet mm. we were up to our ears in the game and were leading at halftime. So – they always gave it their all. And, you know, it's nice to have a team that when they play a game, you know, they've actually got a chance of winning. And and I couldn't say that about all the men's games this year. So uh, well done to them. I know they're going to be bit bigger and better next year. So um, they made us proud. And uh, I'm proud to be a member of, uh, of our NRLW team. Yep. Our name's well and truly uh, printed in their, uh, what was it, a captain's run jersey? Yeah, captain's run jersey. Can't take that away from us. Um, righto. So we t- we touched on it before, but we haven't mentioned the Dream Buller signing. So we'll finish off with uh, the two big news stories of today. We'll start with the, the good one of Dream Buller signing for uh, up until, well, extending until 2027. So, yeah, great news. I Every West Tigers fan uh, would have been fist pumping at this news had it not come literally at the same time as the other news, which we'll get to as well. But I know Hooper was reporting it's roughly 700k per season ish. So I know a lot of people hammered me for me saying I reckon he'll be worth a million dollars by the end of next season, but doesn't matter now. Um, Rob, because yeah, we've locked him in for seven hundred k a season, and I reckon he's he's going to be worth every single dollar on that contract. I hope so, and I think so. Uh, can't say I was fist pumping Josh because I'd got the other news first. So, mm. uh, to be perfectly honest, I was actually still that meant nothing to me. I mean, I, now that it, everything's sort of settled and I've calmed down a little bit, it, it's actually wonderful news. But uh, look, we, we need it. We need to build our club around you know, especially guys in our spine that are going to be there for a long time. He's only a kid. So if we look after him, hopefully he'll be a one-club player and a successful one-club player. So it is, it is great news. But, yeah, I, I can't say I was, um, you know, doing backflips when I heard about it today. Mm. Yeah, I felt like I got a, I had a free froget and then found out it had potassium benzoate in it as... <laughs> yeah, I, I saw the other news first as well, and then this one came through as a like a member email, and I I, lit, I saw it literally while I was typing a message to you guys privately, and um, I was like, well, okay, then this is this is good, 
But and then, like I said on Twitter, I'd really like to be able to have a better reaction to that news because we were all saying it last week and in previous weeks that this kid really has a bright future, um, and we need to lock him down at the club ASAP. Um, and yeah, I'm just really disappointed that the news came out when it did because I really wanted to be more excited. But uh, the other news we got today makes me feel like I've been slapped in the face. Yeah, so obviously that news, Lee Hadjibantelis being uh, unanimous, unanimously, unanimous, that's a hard word to say, uh, 100% full support of the board to for another three years, despite this whole uh, external review happening. It's really came out of the blue. And then, yeah, NRL 360, they were talking about tonight, Rob, that, the club wine and dine the media to kind of, uh, yeah, I guess would it be to celebrate the news or what, what, um, yeah, righto, unleash. I, do, I don't know how they think, Josh. I, I don't know how they think, and I'm glad I don't think like those idiots that are the board, that are the CEO, that are the chairman. The fact that we I know business has to continue, and I don't know what the situation was in terms of was he up for re-election or whatever the case may be. Given the fact that there's an independent external review, even if you had to appoint someone as chairman or renew someone's position, it must be an interim appointment. But how can you sign someone for three years when... You're one of the main people and you're the main problem that we are looking at. Let's face it, we've all bashed Justin Pascoe for God knows how long. I actually think Lee Hadjipentelis is a bigger problem. He, he's a sponsor and the chairman. We're, he's led us to two back-to-back wooden spoons. Imagine, Josh, imagine your job getting reviewed and you got a promotion before the review was finished. I mean, this is effectively that. This is just beyond stupid. It's, it's a desperate measure by them to try and shore their positions within the club before the review comes back but it's taken for me and like I said I sat down with Gary Barnier yesterday it's taken all the integrity out of the process of the review I now I have severe reservations even if Gary and Tony do their job perfectly and come back with the perfect recommendations how do I trust the Holman Barnes group to make the correct decision. You've got to remember four of the members of the West Tigers board are on the, you know, uh, West Ashfield board or Holman Barnes group. So why wasn't there a directive from Holman Barnes to say, hey, we're not making any major decisions until this review is complete. So this was not not only a shock, it, it deflated, like personally, it deflated me, absolutely took took the air out of me. I, I'm just gobsmacked. And, and I've realised now that, the problems aren't just West Tigers. Unfortunately, they relate back to our owners as well. And and everyone's got to lift their game because what is the point of having a review if the guys that are being thoroughly examined and, I, and look, Benny Elias said tonight he got interviewed today or yesterday. I got interviewed yesterday. You can only imagine what I said and, I, and Benny Elias said what he said. And if that's the common theme through a lot of the people they speak to, how do you reappoint someone for three years? I mean, the, the common thing is going to be the conflict of interest as chairman and as sponsor. So it's a it's a poor decision. It reflects on a board that doesn't know what they're doing. It reflects on a board that scratches each other's back. 
They protect each other. They're about self-preservation. They do not care about the best interests of the club. I've always said, Lee, Justin, the board, they try their hardest. I'm going to withdraw those comments. If they love this club, they would just get the fuck out of there. Okay, because they have not only taken us to the bottom of the table, now they're going to anchor us there. And this Muppet, okay, who is not a rugby league chairman's arsehole, okay, is going to just lead us to more misery, heap more decisions, and scapegoat the next person, whether it's Benji Marshall, whether it's Robbie Farrow, whether it's someone, it's always someone else's fault. It's never their fault, okay? We haven't made the finals for years. We've gone backwards. He he lies to us or, or gives us mistruths, you know, as we everyone's beat the death taxes and whatever to death. He, I can't trust him. And, and everyone else can make their own mind up, but it's a common theme of everyone. We don't believe a word he says. He doesn't know how to be successful. And the fact that he came out tonight and said, I'm humbled, it's like being in year six when, you know, you're, there's 30 people in the class and you're the 25th smartest bloke and the 26th to 30th blokes have voted you as ducks of the class. Like there are just <laughs> people there that are so fucking stupid and the really fucking stupid people have voted the bigger, more dumber person as, you know, we've endorsed him to keep going. We are, West Tigers board need to understand one thing. They need to look in the mirror. I, I can't sugarcoat this. They are shit. They have done a poor job. And it reflects with everything that goes on in the club and ultimately reflects on the field. Every decision, whether it's who they appoint as coaches, who they appoint as managers, you just have to look at the, the revolving door of staff members, who they hire, who they hire without experience, how they handle the media. You know, Lee's got two feet in his mouth every time he goes on SEN radio. He's always coming up with a clanger. He's an embarrassment to our club. You know, and I don't—I actually don't even class him as a supporter anymore. I think Lee, Justin, and that whole board are a cancer on our club. And I mean a terminal cancer. Cancer, the most awful cancer you can imagine. That is what these guys are. I absolutely despise them. I loathe them. And I'm ashamed to say that I love a club that these men run because they they make me feel ashamed of who I am and they do not represent me. They do not represent the majority of supporters and they're an utter disgrace to themselves and what they do at that club. I think that's about as good as I can say it. Uh, we've also got, as I'll let you go, um, go next, anything you want to say, but we also open up the lines for our Patreons as well. They wanted to rant and I'll get Joey on um after you as one of joey lulash one of our patreon wanted to come on and give his uh vent vent his spleen as well but um what have you got as yeah for for me the worst part about this is the fact that this has happened while they've got uh the external review going on um i think they've come out and publicly said they're not going to uh elect a gm or whatever until the until the review's been done and finalized and everything like that so why is it that a decision like this one can go ahead um when it's fully known that the board is under scrutiny of um through this review um and why why would they keep keep on someone who has presided over so many of the fuck-ups and um mess-ups and everything like that that have happened in the last few years like even just looking at this year Death, Taxes and Sheens is going to be coaching next year. Wrong. Um, the 
debacle over the friggin' Anzac jersey where they use the image of US soldiers and tanks and whatever else was on there. Like, that's all happened under his watch. Everything, like, that, that's been happening at the club is, a, like, a remnant of what's happened under the tenure of um, Lee and, by a, a lesser extent, but I'm, I don't know, maybe by more of an extent, Pasco as well, and how are all these decisions being made if they're in the best interests of the club um, when the club has just won its second consecutive wooden spoon, has won eight games out of its last 48. Uh, that's a miserable, miserable, miserable success rate. Um, mm. And we as we as members and fans deserve better. Um, when I when I first became a member as well, I mentioned, I touched on this earlier, but when I first became a member as well, we had the ability to vote for a player, like a member's player of the year at our awards night. And I don't remember when they took that ability away from us, but it's definitely been in the time that he has been in charge of the club. I don't remember the exact time frame of when Lee took over or Lee or Pasco for that matter, but I became a member in 2016. And I do remember having that ability in 2016 and maybe in 2017 as well. Because I, I spent a little bit of time today. I know this is a little off topic, but I spent a little time today thinking about who would I have voted for um, for a member's player of the year in both men's and women's comps. And I came to the decision I probably would have voted Appy for the men's and I probably would have voted Ebony for the women's because I honestly think she's going to be one of those players who has a bit of a cult following um, <laughs> to her own benefit. So, yeah, I just I just can't believe that these these decisions are being made in the best interests of the club. Um, by a board that has absolutely no footy knowledge, um, not well, maybe one or two brain cells of footy knowledge amongst all of them, because I think there's there's one person who has played footy or something like that on the board. But I, yeah, I don't know the details. Everyone of that. needs to remember, Aaron, that the whole club is under review. So it's not just the chairman, the CEO, the rest of the board. Every employee, the whole club how it's perceived. Everyone is being examined. There should be no major decisions or major appointments done prior to these recommendations going back. All they've done is make, you know, this uh, in external review or independent review, I should say, just laughable. We, we just, mm. you've literally, so, so let's look at it from the outside in. You've got Holman Barnes Group as owners of the West Tigers saying, we're going to do an independent review. We've got Holman Barnes Group, and we've got four members on on the on the West Tigers board as well, and they've voted the the chairman in while the independent review is going on. It's if if it doesn't make you laugh, it makes you cry, mm. and that's and, and I get back to the root of all this, guys. We haven't made the finals for twelve years. We didn't come ninth this year or tenth. We came seventeenth, and we came sixteenth last year. We're nowhere near success. How dare a board appoint a chairman when we have come last and he's failed miserably? He might be a successful man in terms of running a legal practice, but he cannot be a successful chairman of rugby league club. And I say that because he's got no runs on the board in four years. And Pasco's got no runs on the board in about eight years. And a lot of those board members have been there longer than both of those people put together. They're absolutely dead wood. And as I said earlier, their malignant cancer on this club. We need go-getters. We need passionate people there. We need people with vision, okay, and long, long-sighted long vision, not short-sighted vision, not 
vision about self-preservation because this appointment today is about self-preservation. You appoint me as chairman and I promise I'll make sure your position's there when this all comes in. So what Holman Barnes Group will need to do, recommendations or not, fuck the lot of them off, okay? Get the hell out of there. Go to the roosters. Turn them into a, a bottom wooden spoon club. Just leave the Tigers alone. Let us try and grow and be successful. Are uh, you going to get Joey on, Josh? So can, Yeah, yep. I was waiting can, for you guys to... Explain. I was waiting for you guys to take a breath. Uh, Joey, how are you guys? <laughs> how, how are you tonight, buddy? Yeah, not bad yourself. Uh, uh, yeah, pretty... Uh, yeah. I can Mixed tell Rob's having a good night. <laughs> um, <laughs> what did you want to say, Joey? Welcome to the, to the show. Your second... Um, second appearance on the show, I believe. Yeah, um, I was a bit skeptical when Rob invited me on here just because I didn't want to just come on here and drop um a bunch of F and C bombs. But um, <laughs> no C bombs, mate. No, 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 no C bombs. No, I'll be on my best behavior. But um, I'll be honest. Like this year after the Cowboys game, I kind of emotionally checked out. Like I didn't really care about the season or like the Tigers in general anymore. And then, like, even when we beat the Dolphins, like, to me, it was, like, in the context of our season, like, it meant nothing. Like, I didn't really celebrate it or it was just, like, uh, whatever. Like, it was a nice moment, Appy kicking the winning goal and all, but mm. it just meant nothing at the end of the day. Yeah, brother. And then um, when I seen the news today that Lee got extended for another three years, it was the first time in months that I had felt anger towards the club. and. I just don't understand. It's like not even one person had unanimously how anyone could reappoint this guy for three more years. Like, it's just such a stupid decision. And to be honest, I, I was actually pessimistic. You know, I had hope towards the future. But now, after today's news, it's gone. I mean, today, and it's like the club always has a knack of trying to mask bad news with good news. Like today, we as fans, we should be celebrating Jareem Buller signing till 2027. Us having our long-term fullback who looks to be a star, we have him locked down for long-term. But instead, we're sitting here talking about a chairman that no one really likes being extended for three more years. And, you know, this might be a controversial statement, but we, you know, we all don't like Justin Pascoe, but at least he has had some sort of positive impact on the club in a way that, yeah, he has gotten our finances in order. He has built this centre of excellence and he's got one approved out in Campbelltown, if I'm not mistaken, to help out in that MacArthur region with all the pathways there and stuff. But what's Lee done, really, to warrant a three-year extension? Like, it's just bizarre to me, you know? And yeah. Lee is someone that... It just everything has to be about him. He's arrogant, he's self-entitled, and everything has to be about him. Like the Tommy Radonikus jersey, for example. First of all, Lee openly admits that he comes from the Balmain side. I was born after the merger, so I don't really care about Wests or Balmain. But why is someone who comes from the Balmain side of the merger, who has no ties to Western suburbs, no ties to Tommy Radonikus, why is he coming out and holding out his jersey in commemoration of him? Like, who's Lee? 
Yeah, look, that, on that, on that, Joey, that should have been a family member from the Radonikas family, or if they couldn't be there, someone that the family appointed to to raise that jersey on on his behalf. Not not Lee Hadjapentelis to model his his fedora hat. And the reason I don't like Lee, it's not about Lee. I don't like Lee because he's shit as a chairman of the West Tigers, and he brings pain to my life. That's that's what he does, and he doesn't back up anything whatever he says he doesn't follow it through whether it's legal action against the nrl whether it's legal action against me i never apologize shoot me some legal action mate you're just full of shit okay you don't follow through anything you've got no substance sue me mate you're just hopeless and this is what i mean this we we have someone we can't trust death taxes and sheens will be coached next year he lies to us benji's been fast-tracked for next year benji's been fast-tracked for next year no Benji's been left in the fucking deep end because you've got rid of Sheens and you've held him to a confidentiality agreement and he can't talk to the media about it. You're just a lying prickly Hadjapantelis. And I'll tell you what, if I ever see him in person... Yeah, we'll just... Let's... Um, as anything to, to add to that, Rob's... Yeah... Just cooling off for a little bit there on on mute, but um, yeah, anything to add to all this, as? No, I I think it's all pretty much been covered. I just don't think it should have happened at this point in time while the review's going on. Um, hmm. All we could really do is just let things with the review play out, and maybe us fans can find something to look forward to after, afterwards. But yeah, I'm I'm really happy for Jareem. I'm really glad we've locked him up. I I really think we've even even seven hundred grand um, by the end of his contract, I think that's going to be an, an absolute bargain. So yeah, happy for him. Looking forward to watching him play a few more seasons, and um, looking forward to season two of the NRLW and kind of just trying to find things to be positive about at this point. Yeah, but um, obviously we've had our run-ins with Lee as well, so I don't know if people are going to think, um, but. Yeah, it, this whole whole ordeal. Yeah, it's just I know Rob's obviously uh, fired up about it, but yeah, it's just as Joey said, like we just become numb to it all at the moment, and it's just become comical and laughable, and like just yeah, like how the, are we supposed to have any sort of hope that things will improve when the guy who's overseen two back-to-back wooden spoons? has just been appointed for three more years. And it's not even the whole death taxes and Tim Shane's thing. I, literally, I swear to God, last week, he literally went on SCN radio and said, David Furnar will be a part of the mm. coaching staff next year. And he yeah, was let go that. the next day. Like, literally the next day. Like, why does this guy come out and say these things? And as a chairman, how are you not aware that you're one of, a member of your coaching staff might be let go? Yeah, it's um, yeah. We'll we'll see how all this uh, external review plays out. Uh, our next interview, uh, next interview, <laughs> our next episode will be uh, next Wednesday at nine thirty. What we'll have to talk about, I'm not even gonna speculate because <laughs> yeah, a, a week ago we had no idea. Um, and no, no more early well, crow crows about. Maybe, um, maybe it'll be Pasco extending till twenty six. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wouldn't surprise you. We laugh, Joey, but 
wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> but, um, Honestly, it wouldn't at this point. <laughs> um, I think Rob, yeah, Rob's done for the night. Um, yeah, he's um, he needs to cool off. Le- he needs to cool off. But um, fellas, anything else before we head off uh, and try try to not lose too much sleep over this? Um, yeah, up the was. Up the was, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've got money on the Panthers to win the comp, but apart if it's not them, uh, yeah, I have that yeah, with the bet R as well. Yeah, I got bet. I got them on bet R as well. They're gonna get broke. I reckon the Panthers win. As anything before we head into prelim weekend, um. I just don't want the Panthers to three-peat. I think they should share it around a little bit. So my philosophy for the prelims at the moment is um, it comes down to Friday night. If the if the, um, if the the Panthers beat the Warriors uh, – sorry, the Panthers, not the Warriors. Um, if the Panthers beat the Storm, um, then I want the Broncos to win um, on Saturday night because I think the Broncos have the best chance of beating the Panthers in the grand final. Um, mm. If the Storm beat the Panthers – tomorrow or Friday night, then I want the um, the Warriors to win because I want to support the Warriors in the grand final, but I, I don't think they have what it takes to beat Penrith um, if mm. Penrith are at full strength with Luai and everything back. So, yeah, I, I would like to see the Wars win, but um, if um, whatever will be, will be. Hopefully, mm. maybe next year, maybe in the not-too-distant future, we'll, um, we'll have a team to support in the finals, men's and women's. Yep. Yep, we will see. Uh Right, everyone. Thank you for joining us on another Wednesday night podcast at westlife.com. If you want to um, have an idea, I don't know, yeah, want to come on the show like Joey did, um, yeah, join us tonight. We're, we're always an open, I was going to say open book, an open, um, open line. Open line. There we go. That's a good word. Don't you, as, um, yeah. So, yeah, podcast at westlife.com. If you want to, yeah, got a rant or something that you want us to, uh, pass on and like like Rob said earlier in the show, we've yeah we had a, he had a meeting with the uh, independent review and we've got a contact through there. So if you've got something you'd like us to pass on through that avenue as well, uh, absolutely go for it. But um, yeah, Joey, you still there? You're on mute there. But I was yeah, yeah, I'm to... still here. I'm still here. Right, because I thought you'd. Uh, yeah, join us for our sign-off, as we always do. And despite whatever incompetent, uh, yeah, faceless people that we have running this club, as always, boys, go the Tigers. Go the Tigers. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Westlife Podcast. Please follow us at Westlife Pod on Instagram and Twitter and facebook.com forward slash westlifepod. You can also support and take part in the show at patreon.com forward slash westlife and give us a subscribe on YouTube and turn notifications on. We'll see you again next time on another episode of the Westlife Podcast.